Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched My Big Fat Greek Wedding. I don't know anything about it. (laughs) You always say that like you meant to look it up and didn't. You never look it up. Just let me do do that. You do it. It came out in 2002. It was directed by Joel Zwick and written by Nia Vardalis, who also obviously stars in it. It holds eight, 76% on Rotten Tomatoes and stars. Nia Vardalis. John Corbett, Joey Fatone, a lot of Greek people, Andrea Martin. And it was produced by Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson, which is only important because as we rambled about at the beginning and Carrie may or may not have left in, there's a that thing you do Easter egg at the end of this movie and that all my only dreams is their wedding song. Yes. Um, I think I'm going to figure out a way to say that that thing you do is a rom-com. Allison, I'm not even convinced. Well, no, this, that's is, not this is absolutely this a, is rom-com. a rom-com. It's not formulaic. It's not, it doesn't follow like the rom-com formula, but it is a rom-com. You're right. It, it doesn't need to be formulaic to be a rom-com. In fact. No, you're right. The end say, of that thing. You, I mean, we're not going to do this now. No, we're, yeah, we're not talking about that thing you do. This movie, I feel like is kind of two movies. Like, I feel like the first half is a rom-com and then the second half is like a family romp kind of yeah yeah um and the first half is very rom-com-esque in fact i feel like so you know in full disclosure to our audience allison and i um ha- have the vid um, not anymore i'm just an egg okay. in full disclosure you say that like we are infected them right now i don't think it goes through the podcast audio waves um i'm still in my covid stupor allison is testing negative because she gave it to me um i tried the second i found it i was exposed i threw out a mask i got a different hotel room i was testing negative all the time i saw you it's true Anyway, in my co- the point of this is that in my COVID sick ward stupor, I've been reading a lot of rom-com and romance novels. And um, the first half of this feels very much like that. Like he, I feel like is like modeled off of like a romance novel, novel boyfriend. Yeah, he, he even like has like very much flowy like hair. Book boyfriend. Yes. In fact- in the scenes where they did reshoots and put a wig on him, he looks like a romance novel model because the wigs are so bad. So I bad. I didn't notice the wigs. And I have a hypersensitivity to bad movie wigs. Has COVID taken away all my power? Probably because in the wedding scene, they it, it goes back and forth between his real hair and a wig. And it is jarringly bad and hilarious carrie what is this movie about okay so my big fat greek wedding is about nia vardalis is um 30 years old which and another movie we have where it starts with i'm 30 and past my expiration date yes she's 30 and past her expiration date her father in the very first line tells her that she's starting to look old so she needs to get married um also had old greek people tell me that it's hurtful she realizes that she's kind of in a she's kind of stagnant in a slump 
not super happy with her life. So she starts to make all these changes and in the process um, meets and connects with a man who is not Greek and very um, waspy, almost offensively waspy. Yes. Very waspy. And uh, they fall in love and decide to get married. And it, so like I said, I think the first half of this movie is really kind of about their love story. The second half is about all the, insanity of planning a wedding with her family and kind of the things he does in order to please her family. Allison, what were your predictions? Full disclosure, I'd watched like the first half of this movie maybe six months ago, maybe even less. It was just like on HBO and I was like, why not? And then I watched half of it and fell asleep. And that's perfect. Um, I knew I would like it. I remember liking it a lot when it came out. I also knew that it took place in Chicago and there are a couple, talk about Easter eggs. There are some Chicagoisms that can only be written by a woman born and raised in Chicago. You and I also spent a great deal of our childhood and even now our adult life dining in uh, the Greek town neighborhood of Chicago, which I can only imagine is where their restaurant is supposed to be. Although I guess maybe not. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and so this movie has always just made me feel like I was wrapped in a big, warm hug of home. Yes. Um, her father's obsession with putting Windex on every ailment is not something I've ever encountered, although I have had Yaya Kathy rip an aloe leaf off her own plant, rip it open and uh, moisturize it onto a sunburn in the middle of a party. So, you know, there's a lot of the Greekisms that really hit home. Yeah um yeah this I love this movie um I hadn't watched it in a very long time um but it's delightful like I said John Corbett is very much like the quintessential book boyfriend he's lovely and dreamy don't like his hair in this movie I don't like it I don't love his hair but I also don't know um I feel like we as a society have really done a disservice to ourselves and that we've not spent enough time focusing on his butt because that man has a tight ass and I've never noticed it before. And I've watched every single episode of sex of the city. I've never noticed it. Um, Maybe they'll, maybe they'll explore his butt more in the subsequent to all the boys movies. This is our John Corbett month. (laughs) Truly. Um, but he, I mean, he's very dreamy. Um, I don't he's love very his dreamy. hair, he's very, but he's, he's very but nice. He's, yeah, very accommodating very, of her insane family. Yes. Um, says all the right things. That They don't have a single disagreement in this entire movie. This is very low stakes. Very low stakes. Oh, there is um, not a stake in this movie. And I love it. Yeah. Love it. Like, I feel like the trend of movies now is to have like the stakes be the end of the world like I just saw Top Gun Maverick which I've actually very much enjoyed and the original Top Gun someone pointed out like also has no stakes it's like they're just training to be fighter pilots Correct. but there's no actual war whereas in this one they're like there is an enemy we must defeat oh okay and I'm like oh we really got stakes they never say who the enemy is though it's fascinating Interesting. Uh, I thought I missed it I was like I'm sure they'll say it again and they just keep being like the enemy <laughs> anyway the target <laughs> I thought like just to maybe be sensitive or like so that the movie can be timeless and then someone pointed out it's like no it's so that it can sell in any country mm, fair fair anyway any hoozlebees this is not a top gun podcast the stakes get this movie has no stakes you know this couple is going to get married it's literally in the title of the movie 
And also, like, you're not, like, watching a movie being like, I bet he leaves her at the altar. Like, there's not even a moment where they're, they don't even do the rom-com, like, are they going to make it to the altar? Like, it's never a question they're going to make it to the no, altar. There's the no question is, like, break up. There's no, like, big grand gesture. Nothing. It's sort of like, will the family accept him? Which does feel a little bit stakesier. Like, the dad struggles with his daughter not marrying a Greek man. But even that, you're like, you know he's going to come around. Right. Yeah. He's just a dad who loves his daughter. They just have Um, some old school values. Yeah. I mean, I like, I feel like this is kind of like the Playtone brand. Um, The Playtone, like the production company, not Playtone. The the fictional record record company. Playtone, the production company owned by Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. I feel like their brand is to make like happy, low stakesy movies. Like the Mamma Mia movies. Like I'm sorry who's my father feels like great stakes also like is that movie just my big fat greek wedding set to appa yes mm-hmm. basically uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah um but that i thing don't you do has stakes yeah that thing you do is a little bit more stakes to be fair it's because it was his first and- movie and it was also his first movie and he had to be like look like the first not his first movie he acted and obviously he's tom fucking hanks the first movie he ever wrote and directed and produced and so maybe he had to be like, no, look, it's a traditional movie with stakes. And then after that, he was like, I'm Tom Hanks, just let me do what I want. Yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not, this is not a criticism. I, as I said, I think in our last, maybe in our last Patreon and why I've read approximately eight rom-com slants, slash romance novels. I was on your Goodreads recently and it was a journey. <laughs> I mean, just ripping through some low stakes. The covers stuff. of some of them carry are. I'm glad you're finding comfort in these times. And I can't judge. I watched The Circle France while I had COVID. So there's apps, which I think counts as reading a book because I had to read subtitles. Fair enough. I, I buy it. Judge's ruling? It is akin to reading a book. Yes. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, I feel like I learned French. I know how to say like uh, message on we and uh, circle message. <laughs> Love it. It's great. Do you even find that? Is it on Netflix? Netflix. They also have the Circle Brazil. Amazing. <laughs> Truly amazing. Um, yeah. Great look. villain in the Circle France. I was like, gotta find out when this villain gets kicked off. Oh. Anyway, this is not a Circle podcast. Um. Yes. Like, there is something very pleasant about this movie. Just feeling like it's like wrapping you in the warmth of home. Yes. Which I think is a universal feeling people can have from this movie, and you don't need like greek people forcing weird medical uh solutions on you and or people saying like gotta run down to the jewel to feel that although that's certainly enhanced my experience yes when her sister was like i gotta get to the jewel there's a sale on hosiery i was like i am sorry where am i did my mom just walk in the room like for our non-chicago listeners all both of you um the jewel jewel osco is it still jewel osco jewel is a grocery store chain in chicago and it's just jewel it's, it's not just jewel it's not jewel. called the jewel but every Correct. chicago mom when discussing it says gotta run to the jewel gotta run down to the jewel it's right. the jewel. like like jewel is a synonym for grocery store it's yes because like- i also think they do it when they're going to dominic's too they're like gotta go to the jewel i'm going to the dominic's on 111 <laughs> like <laughs> it's like how some people use coke to mean all soda right exactly jewel just means grocery store correct um yeah so that was i was like oh okay know where we are time and place got it 
Yeah. Uh, and I loved it. I wrote in my notes, just got to get to the jewel exclamation point. Yes. Um, um, although weirdly, so also like a lot of the actors in this movie are either doing like Greek accents, like the older generation are either Greek actors. So they have Greek accents or it's Andrea Martin doing a Greek accent. And then the like second generation, like Nia Vardalis, her siblings and her cousins, a lot of them have Chicago accents, except Joey Fatone, who is affecting a thick New York accent. Yeah, a- wild. I akin like- to, um, and while you were sleeping, uh, Joey Jr. also does that. Like, I think there's just like people who aren't from Chicago when they are like cast in a movie and they're like, it's very Chicago. So you're going to do the accent. They're just like great. And they think a city accent is a New York accent, even though they're very different. Yes. Very different. Joey Fatone, my maybe pulling into first place is my favorite NSYNC member after what I now know, Justin Timberlake. After what Justin Timberlake has allegedly done to uh, Jessica Biel, maybe Joey Fatone's my fave. Not the best actor in this movie. No. Maybe the worst. Yeah. But I mean, it's fun that he's there. Also, um, in things that make me feel old. So while I was watching, I was also like looking up the actors and trying to figure out like who has Greek heritage and blah, blah, blah. Joey Fatone has a child that can legally drink. I just. That he had when he was 15? No. That he had like. tough. He has two children, one of whom is 21 and one of whom is 11. So one of whom who would just now be getting into her sync phase and one of whom would have outgrown it at this point. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So. Big age gap there. Made me feel old. Um, yes. Although. So he's like so young and cute in this movie and like Joy Fatone has I don't think it's not like he's just like he just looks like a man who's aged yeah he's just aged normally whereas Justin Timberlake has aged with like the help of I don't know unicorn blood or whatever celebrities inject into their faces to not look like they've aged today but like Joey Vidone in this it was like oh the baby I I mean everyone like I mean this movie's old first of all like this movie came out 20 years old yeah um but like Nia Verdales looks really young John Corbett looks really young particularly on the heels of watching all the to all the boys movies Ian Which I think he's hotter really side note are they divorced, divorced they are either. which is sad I looked because isn't up, this yeah. movie about her marrying Ian like is it based on her actual marriage to Ian Gomez yes. I guess par- maybe parents wouldn't be wasps but we changed it for John Corbett yes um, yeah and R.I.P. their I marriage they're both happier R.I.P. their marriage um yes I thought Ian Gomez in a, in this movie made me think: Should I rewatch Cougar Town? Maybe I'm gonna rewatch Cougar Town. Um, but I feel like other than Joey Fatone, everybody else I really enjoyed. I mean, I enjoy Joey Fatone. I enjoy like, Joey Fatone. Everybody in the else same I way like- that I enjoy uh, Joey Betafuco. Is that his last name? What the fuck is his name? And while you were sleeping, who's no Joey idea. Betafuco? That's a person. In the same way I enjoyed Joe Jr. in While You Were Sleeping, even though his accent is ridiculous. 
And his father has like a thick Chicago accent. I enjoyed Joey Fatone in this movie being like one of these things is not like the other. Right. Because again, the particularly the woman playing her sister has such a thick accent and says lines like, I got to run down to the jewel to get hosiery. It's just like, it's very authentic. And then you have Joey Fatone being from, I guess, the Bronx. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um and her sister is doing that accent, I'm pretty sure, because I think her sister, or not her, the woman who plays her sister is, like, Greek-Greek. Like, she no grew up in Greece. I'm fairly I mean, there. maybe, but maybe then she moved to Chicago or moved, like, to do an act, to do an American accent from a Greek accent and then to make it Chicago feels like it wouldn't have sounded that good, even if you're the best actress in the world. Think of how Kate Winslet had did that awful Philly accent in Maribyse Town. She was born in Athens. Okay, but where was she raised? I don't know. I'm looking it up. I think she's from, she lives in Canada. Okay. Not a, a lot of information on her, but regardless, her accent work is great. Her accent work is great. Uh, sound is, <laughs> sounded like home. I also appreciated that they made her pregnant and then had a baby because I was like, I need a timeline in this movie. And then I realized that her pregnancy and the baby were the timeline, which I appreciated. Hang on. Rebel Wilson's a lesbian. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I just got a push notification. <laughs> That's a, it was a People magazine push notification that says Rebel Wilson, Rebel Wilson reveals the new love of her life. Quote, I found my Disney princess. Ramona Agruma. God damn it. I wish it said Ramona Singer. Would that be news? Okay. Good for Rebel. Don't refer to your partner as a Disney princess or prince. Ew. Yeah. Lots of little Greekisms that were fun. Uh, he learns how to say, uh, how to say, it. she says this, I say happy Easter in Greek. Ma'am, the direct translation is Christ is risen. So she teaches them Christos and Esti, and then they do the red egg game. Yes. Uh... The red egg game is when you take hard-boiled eggs that have been dyed red and you have to click them with another person and whoever's egg doesn't break wins. Correct. And it gets competitive. Yeah. I mean, this is a delightful little movie. Um, It's also hilarious. Andrea Martin is probably one of the funniest human beings living. Why don't we talk more about how Andrea Martin is one of the funniest human beings living? Andrea Martin plays her aunt, her Thea. Yes. And she's a, um, wasn't she a, like in some Canadian comedy improv group? She was on SCTV, which is like the Canadian SNL. Second City Television in Second City. Oh, okay, sure. She's so funny. Like she um, just looks like her facial expressions are funny. Her face, she has a very expressive face. I have always loved the line where they try and explain that he's a vegetarian and it does not compute in the Greeks' minds. So she just decides to make him lamb, which arguably is like, if you're a vegetarian, like the last meat you're going to, it's like veal and lamb is the last meat you're going to. Lamb is, I don't eat veal. I will not eat veal. I've never eaten veal. Never going to eat veal. I do eat lamb. Because we were raised around Greek people and you don't really get an option. But like, if I really thought about it, I probably would be like, probably don't want to eat lamb either. Like that's, 
that feels up there for me. <laughs> yeah. Now again, still eating lamb. Love it. Tastes delicious. Oh, so she says like Nina Bardellis is like, oh no, he doesn't eat meat. And she's like, what do you mean he does? You don't eat meat. You don't eat no meat. And they sort of explain it to him and she just goes, okay, I make lamb. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, Thea. Um, one of my favorite parts of this movie is the women, like the mom and the aunts and the cousins. Um, I love her cousin. They're all like just these very like loud, opinionated, like wonderfully drawn women in this culture that appears to be very patriarchal, but in reality like the women are really running the show Um, well the mom has that line that i've heard before mostly from other like old school you would think patriarchal societies which is the man is the head of the family but the mother is the next she can turn the head however she wants right which isn't super something i as a you know modern day feminist ascribe to like that is not my belief system i think in any relationship I would be happy to we want to be two equal heads but I do think in like more traditional old school values type societies it's sort of a nice I sort of like it I sort of like you know the ways in which women have amassed their power over generations and amassed their equality to their husbands and that feels like a step in that direction and I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, the, I think there's also, I, I mean, like they're, they appear to be like their equals in terms of running their businesses and like they're running these businesses side by side with them. Like there's a lot of ways in which like the older generation can feel very antiquated, but they're, if you pay closer attention, like there's lots of ways in which they're very much partners. But also, like, I think it's a testament to the writing, and maybe that means yeah. to me, Everett Alice's sort of own experience is that it it does feel antiquated, but it never feels sexist. Yes. Like, the values of that man, we would look today, if her father, we would look at today and call them sexist. But there doesn't seem to be, like, an inc- there's, a, there's not judgment on him. He is a very likable, empathetic character, like... It doesn't feel evil or bad. It just feels like, oh, look how the generations change and look at the difference in generation. And this man is trying to do the best by his family, the best way he knows how. It doesn't feel like, oh, fuck this like sexist father. Right. Which I like and I think is, a, is you know, good writing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's not, I mean, there's definitely like moments um that are there on purpose, you know, like, you know, the age difference between Tula, Nia Vardalis's character, and her brother is a year. So he's like a year younger than her. And her father keeps telling her, like, she's she has to get married. Like the fact that she's not married yet is not just her father, everybody, like the fact that she's not married yet is really concerning. Whereas they tell her brother, who's only a year younger than her, that he's got plenty of time. Like so there's very much these double standards, but at the same time, like these characters are clearly written with love and they are fully formed, fully fleshed out characters. And so, like you said, like there's, there's antiquatedness, but there's not misogyny. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and I think that that's, I mean, that's one of the values of having somebody sort of write their own culture and write their own heritage and write their own story is that you get these very like rich nuanced performances or not performances but characters Characters. yeah um you know so i think that that's that's one of the things that works so well about this movie well and even the younger brother is sort of almost like sort like there's he like gets close to a stereotype of the like meathead greek you know the way we think of like greek or italian young men that's sort of like meathead guy right but then he also like wants to be an artist and is trying to draw things for the new menu and draws these really cool like dance their restaurant is called dancing zorbas um and so draws these like really good pictures and his father sort of like doesn't register it because again it's sort of not what he imagined the life for his son was not to be an artist. And then because of his sister's bravery and going to college and marrying a non-Greek person, like he is then inspired to go to school and like take art classes. I don't know. I just think there's an interesting, like it's very subtle and it's very small. And I think this movie, you could have not had it and not really noticed, but it was nice that we're also like, no, this, these antiquated values are also damaging to the men and the boys of the family and look at what this guy wants to be when he, you know, like sexism is damaging to everyone, not just women. Right. And there's, it's like a nice little addition. Um, And like, they have a, I really like the relationship between all the siblings, but her and her brother in particular, like when John Corbett is getting baptized and she says to him at any moment, he's going to look over me and say like, oh, you're so not worth this and leave, which is a funny line. And then her brother very sweetly is like, no, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is a lovely relationship. Um, the other thing I really appreciate this about this movie, and I'd kind of forgotten this. I, I knew that she had this kind of like glow up at some point, but I couldn't remember like where in the timeline of the movie that it happened. And I was very relieved that it was pre her beginning to date John Corbett it was self-initiated it was it was about sort of like her figuring out what she wants and what makes her happy as opposed to having anything to do really with him at all um and then they start dating like after she's kind of figured all of that out for herself she Um, goes to work for her aunt at the travel agency which she finds to be more fulfilling because she's gone to school to learn about computers and she finds like, she's figured out what she wants to do and how to be fulfilled before the man is really even a part of it. Correct. And then because of her confidence and happiness, I think the idea is she then attracts an equal partner because, because she's grown into a, her grown into a person and grown into right. like a, like a confident and happy person but it's not that he makes her confident and happy correct and like they had run into each other he had seen her at the restaurant like before her glow up and he when he starts dating her doesn't remember that that's her but then when he does it's not about like the movie is very clear that like her glow up he didn't suddenly become interested in her because she's like now doing her hair and wearing makeup like it just was that they hadn't connected at that point which i well, also, also appreciated it's like, 
her makeup is very subtle. Her hair is sort of just like, oh, this woman with curly hair figured out how to style it. It's not like, it doesn't feel like a she's all that, like she used to be ugly and now she's beautiful. It feels like, oh, here's this woman who figured some things out and now still looks like herself, just yes. with more confidence. Like it doesn't feel like, oh, we... I mean, it is, she does take off her glasses and then become beautiful. So like me, but like, it doesn't feel like that sort of stereotypical movie makeover of the dowdy woman becoming worthy, quote unquote, of the man. And I also think part of that is like, in a movie, like she's all that, like he makes her over. Right. And in this, she, it's like you said, it's self-initiated. It's right. Has to do with her own confidence. She convinces her mom to convince her dad to let her go to college and take um computer classes so that she can have a job that she finds more fulfilling and all of those things lead to her being a happier more confident person yeah the college she attends is two blocks from my old apartment oh really what is it truman college it's on Uh, wilson yeah yeah Yes, it was nice that my old neighborhood was represented. Although they did say like she's going to go to school downtown, and then she's like quite literally in uptown. Like she's not downtown, right? Yeah, maybe it's just the way that like Southsiders refer to everything north of like downtown and north as downtown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe to her family, it's just like everything's downtown. Everything's downtown if it's not in Greek Town, which right. is literally downtown. <laughs> right um yeah I mean this movie the other thing it's so well written like Mia Vardalis is a very good writer there's a you know a lot is accomplished in a very short amount of time um we have to buy into their love very quickly because we have to get through their love story to a wedding to a wedding planning to the wedding um and it this movie does that very well I bought into them wanting to be together I bought into him wanting to propose it moves at a tick but I bought into it all and I you know again I think it helps that we have her sister's pregnancy kind of telling us where we how long we've been in it um so they do get engaged very quickly (laughs) just my own anxiety when that happens but I don't think that they do I mean I think that they do but like I think it's um I think that there's more time than we sort of realize. Yes. Because you do a good passing of the time and then making out in the car when he's dropping her off back at home and she's not letting him like drive up to see the like ostentatiously decorated Greek cats. Yes. I, yeah, I do think like it's probably quick, but I don't think it's as quick as we think. Like, I think there's more passage of time. It's just, again, like this movie has to do a lot in a short amount of time. Yes. So this is completely not about this movie, but I was like, what the hell is happening here? So the guy who plays her brother, I've seen him in other things. He has an older brother who's also an actor who they look like nearly identical. So there's a likelihood that you've seen that guy in things and thought it was this guy. But, but his brother, his brother has 30 upcoming IMDb credits. Like on his IMDb, he has 30 credits of things that are post-production filming or pre-production wild I have never seen anything like it in my life it was bizarre I was like what is happening here does this man not sleep is he only 
Is something wrong with his IMDb? Is he just constantly filming things? Like, what's happening? Good for him. None of these are, like, things that will hit the mainstream. Final thoughts. We like it. It's big. It's It's fat. It's a Greek wedding. It's delightful. Oh, they Zorba dance, but no one throws money. They get the waspy people to Zorba at the end. Yeah. Which which very much reminded me of your wedding. Jeff's entire family was very confused by the goings on in that, in those few minutes. Yes. Um, yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Okay. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Next week we are watching Miss Congeniality. Nice. It'll have its issues, but I'll love it. Join us in two weeks for Miss Congeniality. Join us next week on the Patreon for more John Corbett to all the boys. Um, find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod. Find us on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. Donate to your local abortions funds. Donate to um, every, uh, town. every town for gun safety um harass your local conservative gun lobbyist and have a great day bye bye